For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. But you can catch us, the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions. Boy, I'm excited because tonight we get to talk about men in underwear. Combine the underwear Olympics with hopes and dreams, and you have the C3 Panthers podcast episode 19.5, 19.5, here with Cody Lashney to chop up franchise tags, the combine, all our hopes and dreams, Cody. Are you hopeful, my friend? I'm hopeful, man. Nothing gets my gears going like muscled up men, young men in their underwear, running 40-yard dashes, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk football with my family in the YouTube chat. Tony Dunn, I know Joe Riolano, that freaking Puerto Rican, will be joining us later on in the show. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. Let's get it. Big shout out to the fans in the YouTube chat. Underground West, Brad, Tin Tizzy. I know Tin Tizzy, he's back behind the scenes seeing how the sausage is made back there. Uh, Chris Cole, man, guys, we we are so happy to have a good chat room here driving the discussion. Go ahead. Smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. If you're listening on iTunes, tune in. Stu- Stitcher, tune in radio, whatever you listen to you're on your podcast. 
Go ahead and rate, review, subscribe. Tell one friend about the show. It really makes a big difference. We have been doing some big, big numbers in the offseason. It shows how Carolina Panther fans are excited about this upcoming season and really how great of a fan base you are. You are and we are. We're glad to have you along for the ride. Look, tonight is a lot of talk about the Combine, obviously, but Cody, news flying off the presses today. The franchise tag, the last opportunity teams had to um, to to keep a player that they knew they could not afford. And I think the franchise tag has been developed in a way that was meant to give teams who are going to lose a player an opportunity for a couple more months to negotiate with them and potentially reach an agreement. Maybe if those negotiations spilled into another season that they would be able to yeah. do something. But right now the franchise tag has turned into a thing is like this is, Hey, we're just going to keep an elite player for one more year and then let him walk. There were a lot of signings today, but the news I think is the Patriots against that grain saying they will not franchise tag anybody. I don't know how they do this, man. The Patriots, they're in the Super Bowl every damn year, and they just let their premium talent walk out the door. We've previewed Trey Flowers and Trent Brown on this very show uh, as potential free agent pickups for the Panthers. I mean, listen, man, this is huge news. Uh, the Panthers right now have around $17 million in salary cap money right now, which isn't a ton of money, but it's – it's at least something to, to sign one power player in the offseason. And, man, if Trey Flowers doesn't just fit us perfect, man, I don't know who does, man. Either him or Trent Brown would be huge additions to this football team right now, put us in a position to not have to um, reach for a specific player at a certain position in the draft. Uh, this would be huge, man. It would be absolutely huge. Leave it to the Patriots, man. Dude, Belichick is swimming in compensatory draft picks, man. Swimming in them, dude. I don't know how they do it. Well, I think this is I think this might be the year that it's the mistake for the Patriots. The Patriots have gotten away with this, gotten away with this because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together. That's yeah. really how they've gotten away with this. Now, Tom Brady is really showed the signs of age. I mean, look, is that he is not the Tom Brady that he has been. It's just that simple. He is not that guy that we know. And what I mean by that, too, is that that maybe makes the importance. He's always had a good line. So you cannot yeah, take away the uh, the something that you always gave him in the moment that he's starting to diminish. So I think that the Brown kid is the way that I think that's the mistake. He's 26 years old. He's played at an elite level. Or I think he's 26. He's younger, right? I think yeah. that he is a monster. I think that's the mistake. I think I understand the other ways they've always said, hey, let's not let one guy sink the ship on a contract. But they have extended some guys in the past. I am really shocked that they didn't go one more year with the left tackle, Tom Brady, in his final season, 
and then blow it up. But their misfortune, their mistake, that would be a giant acquisition for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, absolutely huge, man. And I'm not – okay, I, I know you said, you know, like roll with Trent Brown for another year. Um, they, they drafted Isaiah Wynn uh, with their first pick last year. He missed all of this past season to an ACL injury. So I can understand if they feel, yeah, we have a young player that's going to fill in at that spot. Um, but, man, Trey Flowers just baffles me, man. He was far and away the best defensive lineman on their team, their most consistent pass rusher. Um, you know, they put they even put double teams on him sometimes. I mean, the dude was just a baller. Uh, I mean, they must feel confident enough uh, that they're going to grab someone else in the draft or – I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're doing. Um, a lot of teams are going to be in the market for Trey, and I, I hope that we're one of them. I, I mean, I know there's a few players that we'll talk about that are in play for Carolina, or at least that we hope are in play for Carolina. But Trey Flowers, that's my man, dude. That's my dream pickup right now. All right. So the Patriots are teasing us with two giant players. Look, you will hear Panther fans say, we can't afford this. We can't afford this. We don't have any cap space. We don't have any cap space. They are, You know what? There's uh, Every year, teams with no cap space find a way to get players. And I would yeah. argue this with $17 million. Look, you saw what signing Eric Reed did to the cap. It took it from about 24, I think. To 17. Yeah, about 24 to 17. Um, so that was, that, a, um, that's a, that's a, so that is sizable. So let's just say this is you could sign the Brown kid. You could sign him and you could structure the contract to where the first year was slightly easy on the salary part. They divide up the guaranteed money evenly. So say you signed him to a five-year deal and you gave him a bunch of money even, and you had to say allocate $10 million this year to it. You could make it so that the salary part kind of catches up a little bit later, particularly when Matt Khalil's contract comes off the books next year. So it's doable, but it's not going to be easy on the cap, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it won't be easy at all. And that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm concerned. You know, Marty Herney has never been a, um, you know, a, a money man GM that you can kind of trust all of your, your, uh, your financials to. I mean, that's why he was fired the first time around. I mean, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman, and they're always making moves, man. It seems like they never have money, and they're always – bringing in players. Uh, I feel the Saints do this too. The Saints never have any money, and they're always kind of bringing in people here and there. So, yeah, you just have to be um, a crafty general manager, and you have to be able to maneuver around and, you know, um, you know, do some um, resigning on, on some contracts, uh, move around some money here and there. You know, it's I, I don't know if Marty Herney is the type of – general manager to do that i'm hoping that he is or that we at least have someone that knows how to do that in the building um but i don't know man we'll, we'll see how it pans out there's a few different players that that help us right now that are out there 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let me tell you, folks, right now there's some uh, chat in the room. Ken, Ken D. I know who you are, brother. I know who you are, Ken D. Uh, says, look, is we don't have the room for flowers and the rookies. I don't think the rookies take up as much space as we need, as we think. For some reason, I feel like this. I'm not 100% sure. When they tell us that cap room number, they've already thought about the rookie number because you have to have that amount of money allocated. Like, it's impossible to not have that. The other thing I saw somebody say is that I wish we could cut Poe. It's not happening. Don't worry. Poe is going to be a good player for us next year. I promise you this is that we can't cut Poe and make any money and get a better player at this point. What I do think we can do is this, and I do, I think we're underestimating this, guys, is where Marty Herney is in in his tenure with the Carolina Panthers, where Ron Rivera is at this moment, and how warm the seats they are sitting in are. And because both of those people are really, Herney and Rivera, Rivera are on their last year. This is very simple. It's either boom, it's, it's either take home the prize or both of you are gone. I promise you that. And if, if Rivera survives, it will be the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. But there's no way Herney survives a bad season after this year. And I believe because of that, Herney will not play it safe. He's going to make a splash. It might not be the biggest player in free agency, but my thoughts are that the Panthers will be more active. They will get one guy that is a bigger name than we expected. That's my thoughts on that. I wish I shared your optimism, dude. I really wish I did. I mean, listen, I'm generally an optimistic guy um, on a lot of things, man. I don't know. I just, until I see otherwise, I just don't know that I trust this regime, man. Even when I see some of the players that we met with at the Combine, uh, yeah, we still have uh, room to meet more players, have official visits, have them come to Charlotte. But even when I look at some of the players that we met with, it's like, I don't know. How'd you miss on not uh, talking to this person and this person? Some primary players that could benefit our team right now. I, I don't know, man. I just I have a doubt um, in my mind about Ron Rivera and Marty Herney's ability to evaluate talent um, to a certain degree. I don't know, man. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that you're right on this. I hope that I'm proven to be wrong. On um, if you, you know, knew, player. if you knew that your If you knew your position was on the line, what is the incentive in playing the long game? What is the incentive in playing for building long-term success? If I'm a GM that wants to live one more year, I'm only as good as the team I field this year. Screw it. Yeah. Let's go ahead and play like we are playing to win, even if it's not the right move, that's my thought. If I'm Marty Herney there, is I can't sit back and just say to Tepper 
that give me five years and things are going to be all right. You have to make some, at least some visual moves for a new owner. Maybe that's bringing in offensive linemen. Maybe that's signing someone bigger in free agency than expected and then pushing your chips on three linemen in a row. If I was Herney, that's what I would do. I would go get Trey Flowers and then I would draft three offensive linemen back to back and say, I'm not mad. This is what we're trying to do. That's what I would do if I was Herney. But what I'm asking every single person is why would Herney play at conservative this year? If his job is 100% on the line. It doesn't make any sense to me. Protect Cam Newton. Push all in. I don't even think it makes sense to draft for the future and go and get a draft a quarterback. I would not draft a backup quarterback. If I would say that's the next GM's fucking problem. <laughs> that's what I would say. Well, I, I, I mean, also, I, I feel like... Um, it's not necessarily that that you're wrong that Marty Herner would do that. It's I don't know that they're the guys to pick the right players, man. I don't know. Listen, oh, oh, oh. he's been picking people all damn day. His problem is is he signed people to you know what Marty Herney has been actually a good GM for the Carolina Panthers he got pressured by Jerry Richardson to sign his boys Jerry Richardson forced him to pay both D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart he did miss he had a bad 08 09 10 that era he was bad at drafting he had some mistakes there but overall he has been a pretty darn good GM, and arguably, look, he had a good year on short notice for the Panthers last year. So if he can come in there and draft right now and bring us some players, what he has not done is take an aggressive a step in free agency in ever in his career that we know of. That has not been what he's been able to do. But I think the hot seat's there. I think you got to do that. And to show that maybe Marty Herney is growing. Look, Devin Funches has said that he will not be a Panther anymore. And uh, Kuntz, if you follow, what's Kuntz on Twitter? Uh, Kuntz is, I'll look up his Twitter handle. He's amazing. He's got, he always funny on Twitter. He always likes to troll people and be like, breaking news, Panthers signed Funches to five-year deal, right? But... Devin Funches has announced that he will not be a Carolina Panther and that only supports good decision-making going forward. Devin Funches is not a Panther. Everyone is not shocked. No, no one's shocked at all. And, you know, I, I, I love the move because I want Curtis Samuel to have more of a role on this team. And I feel when you don't have a Devin Funches on the team, that leaves a position for Curtis Samuel to be able to step up and fill, uh, maybe drafting a, a player uh, that's, you know, another big body receiver. You can bring someone in to do that. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, Devin Funches had a bad year. He, this was his year to prove that he was worth a, a brand new contract for the Carolina Panthers. And he went to his hometown of Detroit, and just bombed it, man. Just dropping passes left and right. 
Um, it's just wasn't wasn't a good move, you know. Josh from so, Mass um, says. Josh from Mass says we're done funching around. Thank God. And around. I think though, Funch's lack of success is less of a referendum on Funches and more a referendum on Dave Gettleman. Honestly, we traded up. I'm still mad about that. We traded up for Funches. We gave a third and a six for him. And then we gave him the keys to the car the whole time. It wasn't that uh, that Funches that I wanted to, to cheer against the guy. It's just we did give a lot for him. The time is done. He's been a less successful player than Brandon LaFell was, who, by the way, was drafted by Marty Herney. So if you want to talk about second-round receivers, similar body types, Brandon LaFell had a better career than Devin Funches, cost less. Marty Herney beats Dave Gettleman again there. That's my that's my hot take right there. So we, we've got – that's the news. Now, look, more franchise tag news. The Kansas City Chiefs franchise tagged D Ford, a guy that we've previewed on the show, Cody, that you believe could be a, a good, maybe a, a, an addition to this Panthers team in need of a pass rush. The thoughts out there are that the Kansas City Chiefs don't necessarily want to keep D Ford. They have a lot of problems. They have a defense that isn't that good. They've got a decent defensive line. They've got Justin Houston, who's aging and who has a giant contract. They've got to shed some money on defense. Some thoughts that D Ford could be traded. Yeah, so apparently the Kansas City Chiefs are shopping around D Ford. They don't mind having them on the roster for another year, but the Chiefs are um, the the trade market is open. And uh, they, they're wanting to see what, what they might be able to get for them. And that's another player that we have previewed on this very show. Um, and, you know, I, I, I am of the mindset that D Ford will play in whatever front you want him to, an even front or an odd front. Um, they uh, want him probably to go to a 3-4 team. But I think if you're looking at us, um, he has a, a history playing with his hand in the dirt. When he was back at Auburn, he was a great pass rusher there. He just started to turn it on late in his career, uh, kicked the tires on D Ford, and you can put him in a 3-4 front. Uh, I like that move for us. Uh, it'd be worth a second-round pick. Uh, that's what kind of what they're saying. Um, it would be worth. So um, it's basically um, it, it would fill a need for us right now to put him on the team, that way they're not having to rush and fill in for a defensive lineman sometime in the draft, or maybe uh, it puts you in a position to grab one in the later rounds. Um, I, I I do think D Ford would help us out a lot. What do you right. think? So, well, you know, I don't know. Is that I've uh, I've wondered if D Ford was because he's a smaller guy, right? I feel like he's thinner. Like he's probably um, like two sixty, shorter, yeah. But that's what a defensive end is. Like they're around. Nah, that, man. I think in a four are. three, we need a bigger guy that that can swim and move fast. I think that's maybe. Look, is that we have two sixty five to two seventy five is normally around a defensive right. end. Is a he base there? Defensive but end. we we need to look it up if he's there. I would not like. 
Here's my idea is I'm a little concerned about Perrin too. We already got Mario Addison and we need him for another year. We need him to play another year. Whether or not we're not benching him. We are if we won't bench fucking Mimi Silatulu or uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like we are not benching Mario Addison. Not that he's a bad player, but we need someone better than Mario Addison. That's my point. So I do think that I would like to pair somebody who is a little bit bigger than what I think D Ford is. I could be wrong. Now, I think he would cost a little bit more coming off of the successful season he had than he may be worth slightly. Now, some names floating around there in the chat room right now. Robert Quinn. That's a realistic option right there, I think. You might be able to get a, a player who is pretty good, to be honest. That might not be that. Look, D. Ford has not proven he's much better than Robert Quinn, to be honest. Uh, I mean, maybe not much. I think D. D Ford, Ford has, has only had this year. He Robert has only Quinn. had one year. He's been hurt the whole time. Yeah, but does does Robert Quinn stack fear into your heart? Uh, I mean, I don't mine. think D. Ford it, does either. Yeah, I mean, I, and this is the semantics that that you have to you have to go back and forth with. I mean, but the money difference it, is know? what I'm saying. Is this is I think D yeah. Ford will cost significantly more than Robert Quinn. That's what I think, and I don't know if his play is guaranteed to be guaranteed to be significantly better. Like I wouldn't mind if we got Robert Quinn and then went heavy on defensive end in the draft and said you're a one year stopgap. That type of idea. Now, the other option, too, is what about the kid? Is it Fowler? Um, Fowler. Yeah, from... Um, that went from Jacksonville to... to Dante Fowler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to the Rams. Now, there's another yeah, player. Well, well, he's another undersized guy. He's like, he's a he bit is. smaller. He's, he's like a, he's, Is it well, All right. Well, how much does D4 weigh? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, uh... I want to say he's like six foot two, two sixty or two sixty five or something like that, and um he's two forty three. He's listed at two forty three. Fowler or Ford? Ford. I mean, and listen, this this is another thing. People he's on three, Twitter are two. He's he six two. Oh, all right. Here's it's six two two fifty two. See, that's too skinny for us. Too little for us. I mean, I don't know, man. Mario Addison isn't isn't a big pass rusher, and I can say that he's been our most consistent. Uh, but we can't have two of them. We can't have two of those guys. We can't duplicate that weakness and strength. I mean, to me, it's all about the talent, man. If you're able to do what we're at, what we're asking you to do, I have no problem with it. It's it's, it's do they fit? Um. I don't know, man. I don't trust Google. They're saying Dante Fowler is uh, 267 pounds. He's like that, six that makes no sense. Telling you, I'm no, just, all right. I look, don't know. All right, here, look, I'll look it numbers. up right here. Here's Pro Football Reference, which I do think they're pretty good. They're just like an aggregator. Fowler. So they say that D Ford is 252. How do you spell Dante? Uh, it is D-A-N-T-E. D-A-N-T-E. Dante Fowler Jr. 
D A N T E. Yep. I would have thought it was D. It, it, no, they it, have him listed as all right. Oh. So that he's listed as two fifty five six three two fifty five on Pro Football Reference. Yeah, it's all about your pass rush ability. So I'm they're like both the same better. guy. They're the both the yeah, same. Yeah, they're guy. around the same. Yeah. All right. So yeah. either way, though, I think that, and like Joey has pointed out in the chat room, Joe Riolano, that freaking Puerto Rican, wish we could hear from you. But if we can't, we understand, brother. The idea here is this. is He said, look, is that um, Robert Quinn may be a sort of homecoming. He's from the Charlotte area. I mean, from the Charleston area. Interesting tidbit there. I did not know that. I mean, I'm less in favor of homecomings and more in favor of whooping some ass. So whoever uh, does that, whatever knows, you love Clemson, you you want of. every Clemson player to be drafted by the Carolina Panthers. You're a homer I more than. No, I don't. I don't want Vic Beasley uh, from the Falcons. If he was on the market, I wouldn't want him on the team. I don't. I don't think he's a consistent passer, man. I just want badasses, man. I don't think that's too much to ask for, dude. I want badasses. I want a dominant pass rush that we had in 2013. Whoever does that, that's the dude I'm all in on. If that's Robert Quinn, sign me up. All right, Cody. Cody, go ahead and refresh your browser. You're breaking up a little bit right now. Uh, We're going to move on now to uh, another Panther-related subject. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Inadvertently related to the Carolina Panthers, but David Gettleman today announced that Landon Collins, a three-time Pro Bowler at safety, strong safety position, that they wouldn't. He's entering the fifth year of his deal, or in the fifth year of his deal, they will not franchise tag Landon Collins, a safety that Mel Mayock back in the day truly wanted to pick me. He was banging the desk for the Carolina Panthers to pick him. And then I think we picked Kelvin Benjamin that year. I believe that was the case. Yeah, I believe so. So Landon Collins hits the free safety market, or not the free safety, the safety market, criticized a little bit for his coverage skills and that he is more of a box safety, I guess, or he's just a strong safety. Been very productive. A defense that has doesn't yet have an identity, it seems like, in New York. And Dave Gettleman is letting the big name walk. He says, hey, every now and then you got to let a big dog walk. Remember when he said that when he was here with the Carolina Panthers? He does that for yeah. Landon Collins. And zero surprise here. Zero surprise None. is that he probably thinks. And, and you know what? He might be right a little bit. Unless you are just a crazy freak awesome strong safety. Are you truly irreplaceable? Well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and it's not uh, surprising to me that it's another defensive back. He did the same thing with Josh Norman when Josh Norman was here. Now he's doing the same thing to his safety. Uh, Roman, no, he brought in Roman Harper. He brought in Roman Harper. Look, we had Roman Harper, then we had Kurt Coleman. We've had discount safeties. Yeah. The safety has never been a position that the Carolina Panthers have invested and. 
David Gettleman certainly didn't. No, and it still isn't. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not, and I, as you kind of alluded to, I kind of understand that they have so many needs uh, on other parts of the team, the offensive line, the defensive line. Um, you know, you might be able to say, well, do they really want to pay all that money for a safety right now? I mean, they haven't been that great with him, so maybe that isn't the best player for them right now. Um, at the same time, that's probably their only real dog on the defense, their only real dependable defensive player as of right now, and and they just let him out the door. Um, I mean, I would love to have Landon, but do you honestly think that we're going to sign Landon Collins? After oh no, no, I don't think you. No, I don't think he fits with our team at all. No, if he would, if yeah, we, if now. we didn't have uh, Eric Reed, then sure, then I would say, hey, this yeah. could be something. Uh, Dundutta reminds this is it was the Shaq Thompson draft that we picked Landon Collins and. You know, a lot of questions right there. We're paying Shaq Thompson $9 million this year. He's never played more than 40% of the snaps on defense. Not all of his yeah. fault. But, no, is... Do I think... Actually, I actually see... I understand what Dave Gettleman's doing here. I get it. And, look, yeah, and I'm it sucks mad. for Landon Collins... But look, he's letting Landon Collins walk into a free agent market that has Earl Thomas, who is better, right? It's like Ken Ken D says, you can't replace Earl Thomas, right? And yeah, he is that one freak. That's the one player. It's kind of like the Honey Badger. Though him and the Honey Badger are like these two phenoms. The Honey Badger, though, is on. Look, you got Earl Thomas. You got the Honey Badger. You've got there's a safety market that's going crazy. If you franchise tag Landon Collins, you're paying a lot of money for him. Yes, you get him, but you're paying an average right there. Dave Gettleman's gonna go to the Dollar Tree and buy Kirk Coleman. That's who. That's who, you know what Dave Gettleman's about to go get Kirk Coleman, who just got cut, cut from the Saints. Probably, yeah. That that's a that's a good move. Uh, or not not necessarily a good move, but that's a David Gettleman move. He likes to shop at the dollar store when it comes to uh, defensive backs. Um, and, you know, he always – there used to be those Gettleman-isms that he would talk about when it comes to the draft, you know, never shop hungry. And that's exactly what we did after we got rid of Josh Norman, drafting three – He shopped hungry. He shopped hungry. I know. And I, yeah, lo- and I love going to the grocery store and shopping hungry. It is the most oh, bizarre, wonderful experience you ever get. Look, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Um, man, the conversation in the YouTube chat room is phenomenal. There are 40, over 40 people watching right now, which is amazing on a Tuesday night in the off season. Guys, 22 thumbs up right now. So turn your phones to portrait or, yeah, portrait mode. Smash the thumbs up button. If you're listening on Facebook, Periscope, just share the show with one friend. Every Tuesday night, we get up here and we try to hang out and talk Carolina Panthers football like it would be. The, my goal is to replicate a conversation of us in a car, riding to a game, shooting the shit about the latest Panthers news. And right now, Cody, while we've been looking at 
all of these discussions about particularly like uh, say these defensive ends somebody in the chat room said this and i think it's like y'all throwing contracts out like crazy right in these in every time it does sound like here is we want to sign we we when, when you message joey in the and we we just have a text message group going and you messaged yeah. Joey and you said, hey, they're not tagging brown or flowers. Joey said, get them both. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's what we want and that's what we need. It may not be realistic. We understand that. But looking this is Joey brought up this in our discussion, the need for a center. And now that Mac, uh, that Ryan Khalil has retired, we are really putting all of our eggs in the basket of Larson right now the question is do you go and do you get a potential free agent John Sullivan from the Ram from the Rams he is older hasn't missed any games in two years that is Mr. Reliable supposedly noted as the smart man on the field do you go after that do you spend some money? I think Paradise, Paradise, the guy from uh, Denver, is another option. Cody, while we focus on the tackles, where do we think in regards to the center? None of the above, man. We're going to draft a hometown talent, and his name is Garrett Bradbury. Bradbury. He is a center out of NC State, man, and I love him. He ran a sub 540 at over 300 pounds. Come on, that dude is a beast, man. If you watch his film, he is a mover, and I'll show you uh, right here just how movable he is, man. He's the type of guy that reaches up to the next level. Thinking about Christian McCaffrey running behind him, uh, would be a dream. I mean, they're saying he is the best center oh, yeah. in the draft. I mean, d- the dude look at this this tape right here. Move. This is the tape I like. Yeah, I mean, d- dude, Garrett Bradbury is a mover. Um, when he went up against Mike Clemson defensive line, which was the most vaunted defensive line in all of college football, uh, he did well, man. He did very well. I mean, he was the by far the best player on that offensive line by a mile. Uh, Garrett Bradbury is the man, and he's been shooting up draft boards. They're even saying that he might have moved himself into the first round. So, I mean, some people might feel that it's a bit rich for a center, but that might be our first-round pick right there. Uh, You really don't know. It uh, It would definitely upgrade our interior dramatically after we just moved on from Ryan. Uh, Ryan Khalil, man. Carolina Panthers Twitter would would have a meltdown if we pick a center or guard in the first round. They would would. have a heart attack. They would have a stroke. And while in the immediate moment it would feel like that, it may be more wonderful than you think you know what i'm saying like is that we we so want to we so want to bitch and complain about well we could have gotten this guy at 27 we could have got him at 19 well you know what we got him at 16 and he was awesome for nine years that's kind of like 
what we need, and it's not sexy. It's not insanely over the top, but boy, would it make a difference. The question is, is it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the question is. is Joe Riolano? I know, I, I know what the question is. What does Joe Riolano think yeah. about this? <laughs> What's up, guys? Um, I think my only hesitation with um, bringing in a rookie is the amount of responsibility he's going to have to shoulder right off the rip. Um with the offensive line calls and, um, you know, just knowing the defensive fronts and uh, being able to make the right reads. Um, that's tough. Could I, I know Joey, could he, and maybe uh, Cody needs to jump in this too, is could he start at left guard? Um, and then... And have basically where you you start Moten, Turner, Larson at center, the new kid at guard, and then whoever you're putting on left tackle, we don't know yet. But and then with the idea of next year being the starting center, Mm. maybe so. I, I just feel that Bradbury is such a good center even though he might be able to play at the guard position, it would almost kind of be a waste of talent to play him somewhere other than center just because he is so good at it. And part of what the center has to be able to do is call out protections and be able to pinpoint things of where the linebackers are. And, you know, there's a different skill set involved in playing a center that you don't see from other positions on the line. And if you have a player that's damn good at doing that, well, then let him do that, you know? Tyler Larson might be all right for the team right now, but he's not a first-round yeah, draft pick. But he doesn't jo- have what, the potential that Bradbury does. But what Joey is bringing into the question is is, is an experience thing, not whether he mm, can yeah. or can't do it. Hey, I that's mean, I why can't. I'm, 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 that's why I was thinking, let's bring in a young free agent, somebody who's, been in the trenches, who has um, started for two or three or four years. And There's only one name on the list, not Joe. Saying, not saying to not draft a center, but let's maybe yeah. do it later, not, yeah. not in the first round. That's all I was thinking. Here and, are the, uh, if that's the case, people, though, if that if that's what you do, you have to. Uh, you're gonna get Matt Paradise or Paradise Paradise. I hope it is. Twenty eight from the Broncos. That's gonna. He's twenty eight years old. He's mm-hmm. gonna bring in t- tremendous money. The other names are Mitch Morse from the Chiefs, John Halapio mm-hmm. from the Giants. There are uh, B.J. Finney from the Steelers. For me, I, I I do I have some concerns about some of these guys. Are are they that good? In some ways, coming from really bad offensive lines, you got to worry about how much. I I would just wonder how much money you've gotten to spend. John Sullivan is another name from the Los Angeles Rams, who they will not be extending the contract, but. I do believe Joey's got an excellent point here. 
is that while a center would be a lifetime investment, it, are we ready to make the short-term investment? And like I've been bringing up this whole podcast, is Marty Herney willing to bet his career on a long-term investment? I mean, why, why not? I mean, you, I mean, you said it earlier. <laughs> it it kind of has to, right? I mean, if, if we're, all, we're all under the mindset that Hey, him and Ron have one more year to figure this shit out before Tepper gives me the Washington. Can't papers. draft a center. I mean, Can't draft a center. I don't know, man. Listen, it's it's so played out. But honestly, you really do sometimes have to go BPA, and that's best player available. I mean, you made the point. If if okay, let's say you drafted Bradbury, and and he's our center for the next ten years. I mean, is that a wasted pick? I mean, that doesn't no seem way. like one. No, no, that doesn't seem like one to me. I mean, and it's, it's not it's, wasted, it's, but do you right. find that? Impact. Do you get the You're return? Do you get the return immediately? How about this? Let's ask this question: Jonah Williams and Bradbury—they're both on the board. What do you do? Oh, oh, Lord. You uh, have to go tackle, I think. You think so, Joe? I think so. You should find someone who gets excited about you the way Joe Thomas gets excited about Jonah Williams. Oh, kick slide. The holy grail. Got a nice stance. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joe Thomas. Beautiful. Joe Thomas is so awesome. Uh, listen, Jonah Williams, uh, he is my favorite player uh, as an offensive tackle in the draft. And everyone's saying, hey, you move him inside the guard. We have a, a, a position of need there as well. I do not trust Van Roten as our starting left guard going into mm-hmm. next year. Um, I don't know that anyone does. But listen, man, the dude is a left tackle. Let him play left tackle. He was the mm-hmm. best left tackle in football. Everyone's trying to talk about, oh, his arms are too short or they're this and that. Dude, his arms are the same size as a Joe Thomas, a Taylor Lewan. Uh, a Joe Staley for the 49ers. I mean, it's a it's a non-issue, man. Jonah Jonah is an awesome player. And uh, another comparison uh, that they were making uh, was to Joe Thomas himself. And it's not a bad comparison uh, when you look at their film and their body type and what they do. Here, you mentioned number Dude, seven, if we can find a left tackle that is Look at this passer right here. Look at the anchor right here, the hands inside. Right, good technique right there. Some might call There's it an echo work. Well, Let's look at JT over here. All right, bringing sexy back. All right, maybe a little bit of a chip, maybe just some presence. Oh, but look at that. Nearly identical, man. Right but if, yeah, if Joe Thomas for this ended up being our, uh, or if uh, Joe Williams ended up being our Joe Thomas, come on, man. Uh, it just seems to me every year it's always a speed rusher, an edge rusher off the edge that blows up Cam Newton that gives him the, the, the biggest hit of the season. And it's always an edge player, uh, edge rusher that, that does it. So to have a career left tackle next to Cam Newton, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that's what I want the most. You can't put a that. value on that. Yeah, I really, I, I believe if if you have a chance to get a guy that could be anything like Joe Thomas was, you take him. 
because that is one you can like a crock pot. You can set it and forget it. Set it and forget <laughs> it. Put him out there, and you yeah. know you for ten years at least. That is the line of the night, and I think Joe's right here. And one thing Joe I saw is my question to you is. Would you rather have the best tackle in the draft or the third best pass rusher? You know, and that's what I think we're at at 16, is that because everybody else is grabbing defensive ends, does that necessarily mean that this guy isn't the best tackle? You know, I mean, well, and, and that's hard to quantify. I understand, but set it and forget it. It kind of depends on how good that third best defensive end in the draft is. So, a player this uh, uh, this weekend that garnered a lot of attention was a guy that a lot of mock drafts uh, have us picking up. Even I've had I've picked him up uh, with draft tech before. Is Montez Sweat? At 260 pounds, the man ran a 4-4-2. And that, that, that doesn't make fly. sense. That doesn't make sense. That is fly, That's what Odell dude. Beckham Jr. It's faster than Odell Beckham Jr. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't believe I, I think there's something weird going on here. But do you think... Yeah, everyone, let me ask you this, Cody. Can you be overawed by that 40... And what? And look, is that Sweat was a realistic? He was realistic to us at sixteen. I heard Bucky Brooks on Move the Sticks podcast before the combine happened. Daniel Jeremiah said this. He said there is a chance that Sweat runs a four four. And he says yeah. if he if he does that, put him in pin in the top ten. I don't know. I think that that four, whatever he ran, that's faster than... He's as fast as Julio fucking Jones, bro. (laughs) What is that? I almost want to say this. Can we move you to tight end? (laughs) I don't know. Like, wait, We need to play both sides of the ball. I don't know what to do. That's too fast. I don't understand these numbers. But this is this is what I'll say though to Montez Sweat's credit, is he the most agile? So yeah, moving in a straight line, the dude's a baller, but and he's also really really strong. And I've even shown his highlights from the combine. Uh, I mean, not from the combine, from the Senior Bowl, and he was very very good at the Senior Bowl too. To his credit, the man had over ten sacks in the SEC. Okay, now everyone pretty much says that the SEC is the best conference and all of college football. So all of his production came against the best offensive line talent that college football pretty much has to offer. Um, I, I do think there's a lot of upside to him. Um, I, I'm kind of with Tony in that he might not be the player that you want him to be year one. But over the long term, yeah, there is a lot of upside on Montez Sweat. And he really is a player that could ultimately end up being a, a, a very good player for us. Those numbers are world. Julius Peppers' numbers, Joey. Absolutely. Joey, mm-hmm. what do you do when you have a player like that? How can he not be top 10 is what I'm saying. Is that? I, in, I, think, 
I don't even understand. I think there's too much potential there for him to not be. Um, you know, what you see on film, and then when you see what he did at the combine, somebody in the top ten needs some help on the defense, and he's going to seem like an answer. So he will be gone. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Question to you. If Sweat is there, Jonah Williams is there, Joe, where do you go? I'm going offensive tackle all day. Wow, Cody. Cut from the same cloth. Would you pick would you pick Jonah Williams over Sweat now that you've been wowed that he can run as fast as Julio and your mama in a scooter? I would, man. And listen, I've I've said it once. I've said it before. Three quarterbacks damn near died behind this offensive line, man. (laughs) I'm tired of Cam Newton having to make magic every single play because he doesn't have a pocket to step up in or there's always, um, you know, he's always having to move around and, and make plays where there isn't one. Um, yeah, man, I just I want to invest premium talent in this offensive line. Now, I do want to put a reminder out there that the draft is more than the first round. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to have... No, it's not. I want to put a reminder out there. Picks. Look, Cody, hold up. I got to interrupt here. I want to put a reminder out here that the most important round is the first round because we're going to be here covering it live. For like the seventh year, what we do, we have a draft party. And Cody was a part of it. Cody, were you were a part of it last year, weren't you? Yeah, that was my first time on the show. Yeah. Man. yeah. That's my anniversary. So what we're going to have is a live draft party where we watch, commentate, bring in guests, and react to the first round of the draft. It's a fun time. It's an amazing time. And at the very least, you get to see us for three hours. And generally, I drink beer the whole time. So <laughs> that's a sight in itself. Cody, take over now. <laughs> yeah, by the way, no, I just want to say while, while you're uh, talking, this is Montez Sweat absolutely bulldozing Titus Howard, who has been getting a lot of praise as a second-round pick and offensive tackle himself. Just absolutely just debowing him, uh, okay? Uh, my, so – Montez Sweat does have a lot of upside. Um, just because you're not a bendy athlete doesn't necessarily mean that you're doomed to fail. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, which is another guy, he's a Clemson guy, so I know me and Joey would love to have Farrell on Man. our team. But he's another player that would be perfect for us. That, that poor isn't fella. Necessarily, isn't necessarily, yeah. And then remember, he sets he's a physical edge, too. So um, against the run, you're not getting by him. Mm. Because it uses that speed uh, to effectiveness. Um, yeah, he's a player, man. I would love to have him. Um, it honestly it, just, yeah. For me, for me, it's been a too often neglected position group on that yes. offensive line. Cam yes. Newton has never had a a top shelf offensive line protecting him and he's done some really amazing things with some really mediocre at best offensive line 
if he could have an offensive line that actually gives him time, I want to see yeah. what he can do. Same here. And you know what, Joey? We know what he can do. Because the best offensive line he had was in 2015. And he was an MVP, man. Right. He was an right. MVP. We know right. who Cam Newton is. But give him the, the offensive line. Listen, if you put Cam Newton on the Pittsburgh Steelers with the roster that they've had, come on, dude. It's not even fair at that point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I want I want to put premium talent around Cam Newton because then if he has an offensive line and it has a pocket that he's able to step up into, uh, then it really doesn't even matter who his receivers are. And look who we have now. Imagine McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. I mean, now we have the talent around him. Now he just has to have time to distribute the football. Yeah, that, That's yeah. why uh, me, me and Joe are on this offensive line uh, in the first round uh, train, man. I'm all aboard. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. We thank you for your participation in the chat room. Shout out to Brad Dugan, Josh from Mast, Ernest Hoy. We appreciate your support and your conversation. You can be a part of the show by by calling into the Cat Calls line. It's open 24-7. You just leave a message. We'll play it on the show. The number is 252-228-5098. Where we are trying to continue to nourish this conversation among Panther fans. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls for this evening before we go further into the combine and what the Carolina Panthers are going to be doing this offseason. It's not. Uh, uh, so, what yep, are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. I'm sitting here trying so to make it work. How do you think catcalling makes the person? Can you hear it? it feels good. Like, can you hear it? Uh, okay. Hi guys, Richard London. Hi G. Hi uh, Peacock Train. Hi everybody. Hi Tony. So quiet. Hi, hold on. Hold on. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Yeah, I can barely hear. Something's going down. With all right, you guys, talk to me for a second. Carry the show while I change the settings. All right, all right, Joe. Since you and I are on this O line in round one, here's another name that you may have heard of, and we might as well just show him now. Uh, this is a guy that's getting a lot of love. And for my money, he's the most athletic offensive tackle in the whole draft. This is a man by the name of Andre Dillard. He is another guy that at 315 pounds uh, ran uh, under a five-second 40. I mean, the, wow. the dude, yeah, under five seconds. The dude is a blazer. He's so fast. But I want to show you. Man, if you're looking at film, I want to show you something that just knock your socks off, man. Look at the athleticism of Andre. 
kicking back on this kick slide. Look at those feet, man. Moving. No one gets around someone that it. fast and that athletic. I'll try it. All right, here we go. Look at this. Boom, 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 boom. He ran wow, it for yeah. him, man. Yeah. Andre, Andre Dillard is a beast. I love Andre Dillard. For my money, he's the most athletic offensive tackle in the draft. He's the best pure pass protector in the draft. Um, man, Andre How Dillard. He in the run game. Um, so that's where they're knocking him, but he wasn't. So what are your thoughts problem. on cat calling? Yeah, I mean, he moves he shouldn't so do that well somebody. and how did that- pulls down the field just fine. Um, right. A lot of people have him as their number one. So what are your tackle. thoughts on? I mean, listen, for my money, I mean, is there stuff he has to get better on? Sure, I want him to be a little bit stronger. Um, but even then, his film, you never see him uh, beaten by a bull rush. So, I mean, there are things that he has to be better on. But, yeah, for my money, him and Jonah Williams are probably the best pure offensive tackle in the draft, and he might be available right there, right where we pick. Is he able to get to the second level? Oh, is he? oh he's so fast, Joe. He is the fastest, maybe the, one of the fastest offensive linemen I've ever seen. In the I've heard, guys, that Dillard has the best athletic profile of any of the offensive linemen this year. Like By and, far. That, and that is By overall far. the most like so you draft him, he could be a tackle, he could be a guard, he can do anything. So, I mean, is he has been he helped his rankings in this combine for a guy that was already high on the list. And Cody, we have more to talk about with the combine to go. But let's see if this works this time. Cat calling. Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good like... Hi guys, Richard London. Hi, Gene. What's up, Rich? Hi, uh, Peacock Train. Hi, everybody. Hi, Tony. Hi, Cody. Uh, right, so the athletic testing's over. Um, yeah, there's a few of them that are freaks at athletic testing. Um, I think you still have to look at the tape. But, my God, are there a few extra players now that we really need to look at. Uh, is it one Thornhill, the safety? He's obviously now come in, I think. Oh, yeah. Adderley, CGC, Thornton Hill and Deontay Thompson. One of them's got to be free in the second round. Um, Dillard's obviously moved way up the draft for the offensive line. Um, Rich is on it, man. He's got a bit of a man crush on him. But uh, he looks <laughs> superb. Um, he has PFF's highest pass blocking grade. So anything other than Matt, the turnstile Khalil has got to be better at left tackle. Um, lots of rumours going on about Daryl Williams. Got absolutely no idea what's going on there. Um, but we'll wait and see. Um, I think the Combines really helped the Panthers because there's some guys that we probably don't want that will now vault our position of 16 and go ahead. I know Montez Sweat looks like a monster, but 
the grading isn't there from I know from PFF, but the bend isn't there. It's an absolute straight line power rusher, which might not well work at the next level. Um, wouldn't be totally upset, but I think there's better. Um, you know, I'd be more on for certainly for Brian Burns, um, and I think Cleland Farrell, Farrell, Farrell um, sounds like a pop star. <laughs> would would perhaps suit yeah. us better. We need to stay away from Rashawn Gary. Very concerned that the Panthers are looking at Ronnie Johnson. I've heard nothing but he's trash from just about every lot of analysts, just because he's long. Um, so hopefully, I don't think we need a cornerback in the first two rounds. It's got to be O-line, O-line tackle guard, D-line. I mean, the centres were amazing at the combine, both Bradbury and McCoy. I, I would love... Yeah. I would love to sell our pick at 16 for the Raiders and pick up one of their later firsts or both of their firsts or their first and their second so that they can get a maximum value. This is this is my fantasy is that they maximise their value for like 29, jump to 16 and give us two picks really close together so we can pick up three people really quickly. That would be amazing. A and a McCoy I would just pick like up a like three offensive linemen in a players, row. I think they're going to start running <laughs> by our second pick. Look at that. That was a seamless transition. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. I, think, <laughs> I don't think we need corners and wide receivers till the third round. We've got, we've got two picks in the third. I wonder whether we might package that third and our last third and a fourth and try and jump up somewhere along the line even if it's to move further forward in the second or something like that, um, because I think we could... There, there looks like a couple of really decent guys we could pick up there in positions of need, um, which they always say, draft best player available, which obviously didn't work when we got Vernon Butler. Um, but we, we could do that. We <laughs> could move forward. Package the third and fourth. I cut that. I don't, I don't think we need masses. Of, I know we need a lot of positions, but I think two decent players... Anyway, enough of that. There's only one uh, free agent available, which is Trey Flowers. And uh, I'm with Cody. I'd be all in on Trey Flowers. I think if we've got whatever we've got left and give it to him, if you did that, you could then go O-line in the first and get a safety in the second. Anyway, yeah. right, enough prattling on. I don't know what you've talked about. So I'm going to be in bed when the show's on and I have to listen to you tomorrow. Anyway, take care, everyone. Keep pounding. Great call for this, Let me pause it. Let me pause it. Let me pause it. Pause it. Pause it. Pause it. Pause it. Hold up, G. Hold up, G. There we go. So, yeah. So, yeah. Listen, me and Rich are buddy on Twitter. Man, we talk about draft stuff, everything. So, he's kind of on my same wavelength, too. You heard him say Eric McCoy. Uh, and that's another center that I think would be available for us in the second round. So maybe if you did pass on a Garrett Bradbury, it, it makes it better if you had take the center from Texas A&M in the draft. I would love that. But I did want to show you guys one of the one of the people that he mentioned. He's a guy by the name of Juan Thornhill. He's the safety out of exactly. West Virginia. Juan Thornhill from and University of Virginia. Look how high. 44-inch vertical. That dude is insane. He had an 11-9 long jump. 
Wow. I mean, this dude, yeah, this dude has the athletic profile to be able to do everything that you want him to do at the next level. And if we're going to put Eric in the box, Eric, which is what we pretty much all want to do, you want a free safety that can roam the backfield and be able to come up and make a tackle when necessary. And, I mean, for my money, Thornhill does just that. All you have to do wow. is look at some of his film. I mean, the man is a thumper. Juan Thornhill plays uh, deep, and he comes down and just makes a beautiful tackle to stop the run. I mean, this is the type of player that plays sideline to sideline, uh, always makes the quarterback think twice about where he is on the field. Uh, Juan Thornhill is uh, right now, he's my favorite pick in the second round. I would love for us to have him. And um, he had a day at the combine. And, um, you know, Antonio and I were talking about this. You know, a, a, a free safety might have the most impact day one on the Panthers team next year. And that might be the dude. I do believe this is that if you drafted, say you were able to draft um, a elite tackle, the Jonah Williams in the first. There is, at the same time, the learning curve he is going to experience in the NFL. You see top five offensive tackles struggle in their first year. Maybe they're mediocre, right? But if this is the top talent and he's not even a top five, I think of the, who the guy that the Falcons picked. Hell, I think of Matt Khalil. And that there could be a learning curve. And so if they are not dominant from day one, you understand. But I believe that a rookie free safety has the ability to really make an impact in the game that takes an offensive lineman like a tackle or a defensive end time to learn the game. So while it may not be the best long-term pick in some cases, the immediate value you get by adding someone who is dominant beside Eric Reed could be really helpful. And then you add this. Imagine this. Dream scenario. You sign Trey Flowers. You trade back in the first you get a guard, you get this the you get the guard and the center that you've been talking about. You get three back to back picks right there. Or hell, you just get the guard. Not the guard, the center. Who's the guy from state that everybody that you've been uh, Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah, you get him, you bring in Trey Flowers, maybe or Jonah Williams, all of a sudden, and then you add a balling ass free safety in the second all of a sudden that's an impact move right there that's an impact year that's a change the game type year absolutely man absolutely and then you know if you if you, now Trey Flowers man that would be the ultimate signing for us because then we can do what you said man we can grab an Andre Dillard. We can grab a Garrett Bradbury. We can let the board come to us. Then Amen. And, uh, Thank yeah, you. That, that's, that's what, what Dave do. Gettleman said but never did. Yeah. And when they did, it wasn't the right pick. 
so yeah, as uh, I'm a hundred percent that way. And um, maybe uh, I even have some other clips on here from players that, I mean, my favorite picks in this draft, they're not even players that, uh, they're not even linemen, offensive linemen or defensive linemen. I just feel that we have such a need on the offensive line and for another edge rusher that those are the positions that we need to address first. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, both of the LSU players, uh, Devin White, the linebacker. Oh, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up if that's our okay. pick. And Joey, Joey, I got I have to go to Joey on this. Do you remember that year that we picked Luke Keekley? Mm-hmm. We we had uh, John Turned Beeson, we had Thomas Davis, and all we were both. Uh, Joey was in love with a player. Do you remember who it was? And I followed suit. I felt rank and file with you. He put. He's a cornerback. Oh, it was a defensive back, right? Yep, yep. It was Maurice Claiborne. Oh, that's right. And we were, like, smitten with him. And then Marty Herney goes and picks a damn linebacker, and we're like, what the hell? I understand Luke Keekley went and became balls, But there's <laughs> only so many Luke Keekleys in the world. If we draft a freaking linebacker, oh, my God, I'm going to go crazy. We're not drafting a linebacker. If we do, oh my god! I don't care if we draft one in the whole fucking draft, but in the first round, I'm gonna lose my mind. We're definitely not doing it in the first round. I am gonna lose my mind. You don't have have to tell me because I I mean I I know where, where the needs of this team are. I'm just saying, if you put Devin White next to Luke, oh my god, dude! No team is ever gonna run the football on us. Ever again, dude. Well, what the hell are we going to do with Shaq? If we do that, if we... Well, we better not pay him $9 million. We better not pay him. You better cut his ass tomorrow. Thanks, James Woodley, for your support of the C3 Panthers podcast. You're listening to the longest-running Panthers podcast live every Tuesday night. Facebook, Periscope, YouTube iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, be sure to smash the thumbs up button. A ton of people watching. Come on, if you haven't smashed the thumbs up button on YouTube, I'm looking at 10 of y'all. I'm looking at y'all. Do you want to draft Devin White? Do you? Do I want? Do you? You thumbs downers? (laughs) Do you want a thumbs up to him? I would be... Come on, what do you do? All right, Cody, I understand, in theory, we do have to talk about this for one moment before we move on. You can't do that with Shaq Thompson on the freaking roster, can you? Listen, man, whatever, dude. I'm saying Devin White, I've looked at his film. i looked at what he does. i looked at his potential. The man at 237 pounds... Uh, at a lot, remember, this is a position where your 40 time matters, okay? The man ran a 4.42 at 237 pounds. That's another sideline to sideline linebacker to put next to Luke. I'm telling you, man, you know, uh, what everyone was saying Roquan Smith was last year, I thought Roquan Smith was an overrated player coming out of Georgia. 
Devin White is the real deal, man. I'm telling you, Devin White is the real deal. And if you remember how dominant Thomas Davis was and Luke in their prime when they were both firing on all cylinders, that duo would have the potential to be even better. Now, I'm not saying that that's do you what cut? We need to do. do you cut? Do you cut? Do you cut him? Do you cut Shaq Thompson after the draft? Because I, mean, I believe I there is still time to make moves before the calendar year after the draft. I might not. I, mean, I may be wrong on this. But if we can go into the draft thinking we have Shaq Thompson, we're going to pay him $9 million. But if Devin White hits, we cut him the next day. That's possible. <sighs> if you draft him there, do you keep Shaq Thompson at $9 million? But then have the same freaking ordeal that we have had for the last four years? I mean, it depends. Are we going to have three linebackers on the field? Or are we going to have two and do more than nickel? Well, we don't know. We haven't been able to figure that out when we've had three really good linebackers. That's been the problem. We've had Keekly, we've had Davis, and we've had Shaq who has potential. You can't say that we want to run two line. They try to force three linebackers onto the field. It seems like this, is that if you draft this kid, Joe, I'm going to go to Joe on this, you cannot keep Shaq Thompson at $9 million. Well, you mean you can't spend the money on him? No, I mean, at this point, you've got him in that fifth-year option. You would have to say we're turning it loose. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry we didn't use you well. Sorry it's our fault. But you cannot have a first-round, two first-round picks and one of them just getting starting time in his fifth year and the other one getting part-time in his first year. That seems ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think um, it's too big of an investment at linebacker. So uh, you would have to cut ties with with um, your starter. And Shaq Thompson, a $9 million. Yeah. And yeah. it's sad. This is sad. It's sad that Shaq Thompson has been, look, we've got, I tell you one thing. You want to be critical about Marnie Herney. But you want to be critical of Dave Gettleman. Let's talk about his first round picks. Marty Herney does not miss in the first. And people say, oh, well, you shouldn't miss in the first. Dave Gettleman has. Dave Gettleman has drafted Vernon Butler. He's drafting Kelvin Benjamin. And honestly, unless Shaq Thompson comes out and is the beast mode this year, he is a miss at this point. And I don't like to say that because I own his jersey. I don't want to root against him. But if we're already talking about picking a linebacker over him and he hasn't even had the opportunity to show it yet, that is yeah, sad. Now. I mean, I, I just don't see it happening, man. I just do not see it happening. We have too many pressing needs at other positions. If we pick yeah. a linebacker, oh, my God, I'm going to vomit on the show. 
When you'll be alive, I will vomit. How good he is. Just, we need more help in other places. Yeah, and I I 100% agree with that with that logic. It, it's just in a in a perfect world, like I said, we would be able to just let the board come to us and you know uh, draft the best linebacker or Greedy Williams and put him next to Dante Jackson. Oh my God, I would love that uh, as another dominant outside corner. Um, I have footage of him if y'all want to see it too. Um, you know, but yeah, no, I agree though. We need to fix some pressing needs on the offensive line, and I think all of us are in unison, man. We need to fix this offensive line with yeah. some premium talent, and that's what I hope we do. All right, we're mm-hmm. the, we're gonna get to the second call tonight. I know that G Cavassier is on the line. Uh, Joey Esquivel asked this on YouTube, and it's something we have addressed in previous podcasts, but. I do think it's an important question. He says, what is what about the possibility of switching to a 3-4 defense? Is that a real thing? Who would yeah. we need to keep and get rid of if that was the case? Now, as we're in the midst of the draft talk, is the question is, is and, and he, he, he asks a very important question that has been, Raised by some people, I think overblown by the media. I think the media has fanned the fire on it. But do you truly believe the Panthers could be considering moving to a 3-4 defense? Or is it just the integration of those looks, which that's what I believe? And Cody, how does that affect the draft status going forward? My concern and my thoughts are is this, is that if I was Marty Herney, it's not time to make a philosophical shift going forward. Well, listen, man, this is what I'll say. If, if we're looking to make a 3-4, and by the way, it's not really uh, it's not really up for question right now. Ron Rivera has done an interview with um, uh, the, the guy that works for uh, the Panthers now. He used to run Black and Blue Review. Bill Vogt. Uh, Bill Vogt. Yeah, Bill Volt. I mean, he was in an interview with them, and he said so many words. He said that we're going to be looking at um, you know, putting some three, four fronts out on the field. Now, he said it's not going to be our primary formation, but he wants to be able to have the versatility to show offensive lines and uh, uh, just the offense in general a different look. So how that changes us up is one of the best pass rushers in the draft uh, a guy from Florida State by the name of Brian Burns. Uh, he's an undersized defensive end, but man, he's productive. He has insane athletics, uh, and I love him in that outside linebacker kind of role. But he put his hand in the dirt at Florida State, so that's a player that is very position versatile that we might be able to hit on in the first round. That would be able to help us right now, no matter what front we're in. So Brian Burns is a name uh, uh, to look out for. Um, also, think about this. Mario Addison is uh, an underweight defensive end. He used to be an outside linebacker. Don Tari Poe used to be a straight-up nose tackle. So, I mean, that's what he's used to doing. So we already have a lot of the pieces in place to be able to make uh, make this happen. We just have to add some, some pieces in the draft 
that are going to be able to do that, that are position versatile. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. I see you 44 people watching. Only 28 thumbs up on YouTube. I, 45. Oh, 45. Oh, yep. Yeah, I saw it jump up. There you go. <laughs> Come on, baby. I'm encouraging you to support Panther Nation and grow it together with us because each and every week we have one of the richest discussions when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. I'll tell you this. Where are you going to find a place that goes more than an hour or two and knows this team in and out, features your calls, your comments. So all I'm asking is this, for your support of subscription, a thumbs up, and to tell a friend about the show, because my friend G. Cavassier has got to tell us, he's got to tell us something. He called the cat calls line. The number's 252-228-5098. Hey, Panther Podcast, how y'all doing? This is uh, G. Cavazier. It's going to be short and simple. I know y'all seen the Twitter feed, man. Eric Whittle, Whittle, excuse me, is a free agent. Damn it, if Carolina don't pull the trigger and try to get this damn dude, I wanted him once he left San Diego. If y'all remember, when he left San Diego, I wanted him to come to the Panthers then. You know, for some some way, somehow, David Tepper, do what you got to do. Bring his ass to damn Carolina. If he don't come to Carolina, let's try to get Landon Collins out of New York. Either way, either Collins or Weddle would boost our deck on secondary so damn much. I swear it would. So, you guys, give me your thought on that. Cody, I will say this, is that I think that Collins no longer is the guy since we signed Reed. Fit-wise and all of that. Now, Weddle could be a helpful addition. I don't know if we're ready to allocate that money at this point, and I would have been remarkably excited about that three years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, to to what G was saying uh, about Eric Weddle, I don't mind Eric Weddle, the player, but if we're cutting Thomas Davis and, and we're cutting these players that are older, um, it, it kind of seems redundant. I mean, I don't know what y'all think. I just think that in, in a time where we're making a concerted effort to get younger, uh, then, you know, I, I don't really know how that fits. But, I mean, uh, Ron Rivera has played with him before. Um, he, he's oh, an that's Eric a good Weddle point. Guy. Good point. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they have a relationship with each other. Has he been oh, in the league that long? Yeah, they were in San Diego together. Really? Um, yeah. So then, Weddle is I'm old. Not, I didn't realize Weddle yeah. was that old. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I don't know if he has some playing time left in. Look, I, I'll say this: if we sign Eric Weddle, I'm not mad at the pick. I'm not, and especially if sure. you have some ball left. At sure. it. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. At the same time, I'm not. I don't have the same enthusiasm as we would be. Not, we would be upset. We would be upset if that interfered with other signings. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Is that Weddle in a vacuum is no problem. Too old, Joey. That's it. Too, too old. old. And uh, people going on name recognition, not thinking about 
playability or, or fit for the scheme. I just, uh, you know, he was, he was very good at one time, but that was, you know, five years ago. Now, he was pretty, I, I think he's been one of the better players in Baltimore on their defense, but Joey, this is what I got a problem with. Is any person that overdoes their facial hair, like goes <laughs> like goes too far, like it's like I gotta make my facial hair a thing, makes me it irritates me because I cannot grow any facial hair. So to you, I'm like kind of like ah, you're kind you want to be cool, like you think you're so cool because you can grow a beard and I can't. Yeah. Yeah, well, mine, I'll donate to some. I have a caveman beard. I can't grow shit, man. I look like I'm, I got, <laughs> man, I, I'm jealous. Mine jealous. was in too much, man. I, I, old I, I, ass with his old ass beard. He can keep it, Joe. <laughs> all right. Well, I think, man. all right. I do think, all right. So those, those are the cat calls. You're listening to C3 Panthers podcast. There are a couple more things I want to talk about when it comes to the combine. Just quickly, I know Cody watched it intensely. This is Joey. I think you'll find this interesting. Is that we have been running the website and the podcast for a while now. We had Mel Mayock on for a long time. Very interested in the draft. Made us more interested, you and I, in the draft in the process than we naturally were. I feel we published draft guide. You know what I'm saying? Like I was editing all this crap. I didn't know anything about to be honest. <laughs> I'm watching all of this, but every, and, and this was the first year I go on the radio with clip. The very first year we did the, that. I went on the radio. He was like, man, you're really into this. And I was like, gosh, I'm not really, but I'm trying to be. But every year I've been less and less interested in the combine. Cody is super interested in the combine. So we got to ask him this is that as you watched all those men in underwear going, there's a lot of storylines coming out there. What are the major, what, what did you come away with that you want to talk about? And if it's DJ Metcalf, I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's what it's D DK Max. See, I don't even know my man's name. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not even interested. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even interested in him. Listen, at 228 pounds, 1.6 percent body fat. This dude ran a 4.33. Dude, are you insane, man? Listen, this dude that is That mug is on steroids. steroids. <laughs> not, not only is he on steroids, this dude is on every steroid that has ever crossed the Mexican border, dude. <laughs> every one of them, man. Listen, Do you dudes, have the picture of him with the other group of players? Um, I do not have that uh, that photo right now, but I'm going to have to look at it. The dude is a monster. The dude is Superman. I mean, this oh is my built God. He looks like a. He looks like he should be playing defensive end or outside <laughs> linebacker. He is so big. Dude, Metcalf is a monster, dude. And a I lot mean, of people. 20, 27 reps on the bench press? 
27 reps on That's the like bench. That's like five press. more yeah. than your best li- your best offensive lineman. Jumped a uh, pick your yeah, short yeah, arm ass. Pick your short arm ass, whatever his name was, <laughs> and he can't. Yeah, dude, Jonah Williams did 23 on the bench press, and he's out here doing 27 of them. Oh my god, dude! And then uh, you know, everyone. I'm on telling you, man's day. on drugs. That's oh yeah, he's on, all, he's on all the drugs. Um, I don't I think don't, you can do that. There's something going on there. And it's not Joey said there's something going on there. We don't know what it is. But he is is at my question to you on this, and I'll start with Cody and then I'll go to Joe. Is that like yes, all of that the forty number amazing. The size insanity. I don't even want to go to rabbit hole of it being like conspiracy and he's on drugs is that is or can we be overly wowed by a 40 number i think sammy coats i fell in love yeah. with sammy coats and uh that white kid that went to yeah chicago. from west virginia went to chicago yeah, yeah. I, I just was yeah. starstruck and smitten by these guys I feel like this is that if he was this badass, kind of would have a little known about him more at this point. So Rex Smith says uh, he looks like he's been on that uh, prison workout regimen. Uh, <laughs> he's been on that D block regimen. Um, yeah, man. I mean, listen, uh, he had a neck injury uh, when he was in college, so he missed the back half of the season. Right. Um, but yeah, he would man- he would mainly run hitches and curls and and nine routes and just haul ass up the field, uh, pretty much what Ted uh, Ted Glenn used to do for us. Uh, I mean, and if you're drafting him, you're not drafting Julio Jones. You're drafting Des Bryant. You're drafting a big body physical receiver, and it's going to be hard for defensive backs to move him out the way or do anything with him barreling yeah, up the field. Yeah, they can't do field. shit against him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just, I mean, I mean, I mean, in theory, that's the perfect wide receiver for a healthy camera. He's like a Michael Irvin. All downfield, yeah. Uh, Megatron is another name I've heard, but he was a far more versatile uh, wide receiver than... than yeah, Cap- and Megatron caught everything, like, in his district. Yeah, yeah, AJ was the man. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, maybe in a different universe, I don't mind that pick for the Panthers, but certainly not right now. Um, Does that I, help the Panthers, though? A guy like him crawling up the boards even more. Absolutely. Put- Absolutely. And then they're even talking about Kyler Murray, that even though the Cardinals just drafted Josh Rosen, they might take Kyler Murray with the number one pick in the draft. So anytime you have a scenario uh, like that happening, that's pushing players down towards uh, where we draft. I mean, that's a perfect scenario for us. So, yeah, is it Metcalf or Montez Sweat? It doesn't matter. It's pushing better players down to a to where we pick. So it's not a bad it's not a bad thing for that to happen. 
All right, Cody, you watched this combine more closely than I did, and I'm betting more closely than both Joe and I did. You tell us, what are your takeaways? Overall, what stands out in relationship to the Carolina Panthers on your mind after watching four days of people doing exercise drills? So my takeaway from this past weekend of the combine is in a year where the Panthers need defensive line help and offensive line help, there could not be a better draft for it, man. You're talking about players through round rounds one, two, and three. Like I'm talking to you all about the, the more well-known players, but there are players I've never even mentioned before that might be day two or day three prospects for us that are in contention to to help this team. I mean, there are players for us to be able to bolster both sides of the football right now. Um, all I mean, me and uh, Joey are biased. All the Clemson defensive linemen I would love on our team, and not just because I'm a biased fan. They're awesome football players that would help us out. Um, offensive linemen on the interior, the exterior, centers, I mean, you name it, man. Build the trenches here in Carolina. And that's what we need to be focused on and doing uh, moving into the draft. And I'm, I'm happy as hell, man. All right. Fantastic. All right. So we're we're expecting a free agency on the horizon. We have talked about. Yeah, one week. Yeah, one week away, Joey. Do you, Joey, I will ask you this. is Do you expect the Panthers to be active in free agency? I, I do expect them to make a, a couple of moves. Um, I, I do believe that they plan on using free agency to set up their draft. Um, you know, I think they're, they're going to go into free agency knowing what pieces they would like to add and then it's just being a matter of finding the right financial formula to get those pieces in place. Joey's echoing um, a a comment made by Dave Gettleman in the past that he would say but never did which is you use free agency to set up the draft because while everybody, the mantra is best player available, at the same time, you have needs. You have real holes. You have real opportunities to make yourself better in the draft. And free agency is a way to position yourself there. And if we could, that is what I want to see the Carolina Panthers do is make a decisive move. It's not about money. It's about decision and direction going forward and to set the tone of what we're trying to do rather than... Well, it is about money to, to some degree. Say that again? Then you have to be careful. Sure, sure. But I would like to see the Panthers make a move that says... It's it's a tone setting thing, and that okay. it gi- it gives us the latitude or the freedom to pick an off a center 
Here's the thing: is that if you pick a center in the first round pick, and there and you didn't go get a defensive end in free agency, we're gonna argue incessantly over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but doesn't it give it a much more direction when you do that, and then you have used free agency to set that up? to make that possible to get you that freedom. So that's where I'm at at the, in that. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. We've got one more segment to do. We've got to do our ice up picks of the week. Who's ready to go first? Because I have uh, I been it. struggling. I I'll let y'all Joe. I am. Yes. Joe, the old hat comes in. No, 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 no. I'm not quite there yet. Oh, he's not ready. All right. (laughs) I will jump in. My old hat will jump in. (laughs) Let me see. I've got to pick up. Who do I got to pick up? This cat. And this was mean. I felt like this. I got on Twitter. I said something mean to somebody. And his tweet was accurate. So supposedly now, Charlie Casserole, you guys call him Charlie Casserelli. I call him Charlie Casserole. Has said, I hate this dude. He used to be a GM of the Houston uh, Texans. Supposedly, he is well thought of in the NFL world. But I hate Charlie Casserole because at one point, he said that the Carolina Panthers should draft Blaine Gabbard over uh, over Cam Newton. And every time they make a mock draft about him, about or his draft, I go, hey, you asshole, you picked freaking Blaine Gabbert over Cam Newton. You're an idiot. You call for us to be smart. Well, there's another idiot when it comes to Twitter. His name is Matt Fromm. And Matt, well, actually, Matt Fromm was actually technically right. He said this, that Charlie Casarelli has reported that Kyler Murray, what's his name, Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray, yeah. yeah. Is not that intelligent, that he didn't do well in his interviews. And he said this, so the guy, Matt Fromm, on Twitter said that he wanted, he said, look, is that Kyler, he might not be wrong because Kyler Murray, he guessed, was scoring in the Wonderlick category between Tim Tebow and Cam Newton. That's where he was on their end, not on the Tony Romo or Aaron Rodgers side. So I responded to Mr. Matt Fromm, and that said, and my response to him, which is my ice up pick was Mr. Matt from you can wonder lick Cam Newton's ass from his balls. 
and from being F R O M M like your name because Tony Romo didn't do squat. Shut up and trying to bring Cam Newton into this conversation. Don't be a racist and trying to say Cam Newton's dumb. Lick his balls to his ass. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is being recorded because our YouTube has crashed. Uh, as no! It did. I don't even know if they uh, caught the last part of that. Uh, but they're probably Thank watching you. this um, on, a, on another uh, in our YouTube video. But um, so listen, man, I mean, this ice up pick is named after the great Steve Smith telling people to ice up. Well, one of the people that uh, Tony is a defender of who I feel is a laughing stock is Jason Witten. And I, I feel Jason Witten was absolutely terrible. Uh, and he was not good at his job. Um, and you know what? Uh, he decided that he was heading back to the NFL. He's done commenting. He's done people with people making fun of him on uh, on Monday Night Football. Uh, but you know what? In, in homage to Steve Smith, I'm not going to ice him up. I'm not going to ice up Jason Witten. I'm going to let Steve Smith ice up Jason Witten. I don't know. Jason Witten came back. Steve, any thoughts? <laughs> you want the truth about that, or you want me to let that go? No, I want the truth. No, 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 about you, not Witten. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm good. That's what he meant. Oh, okay. I thought Steve was telling me maybe there was a surprise coming our oh, way no, here. Oh, no, there's not no surprise. I'm actually good to you, so I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> Damn. Rich Eisen stepped in and said, nah, 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 nah. Let's yeah, keep it he knew, clean. He knew he knew Steve Smith was coming with the fire, man. Oh man, but you could not stop it when Steve Smith is telling someone to ice up, son. So ice up, Jason Witten. And Steve Smith told you so himself. I'm pissed that I like I like Jason Witten. I enjoyed his commentary. And I wasn't the best, but Anyway, I guess it's neither here nor there. He's not there anymore. Tony likes him too. Well, I but think that we point. were too hard on him. That's what I think. I think everybody was a little too harsh on him. Go ahead, Joe. It's funny because my ice-up pick has something to do along the same lines, too. I'm icing up all the uh, head honchos in the media that were trying to entice Greg Olson to leave the Carolina Panthers and step into a position in the booth. Maybe even Witten's position. Um, I I really think Greg Olson feels like he has something to prove, that he, he wants to go out on his own terms and these guys from the media were really trying to, uh, you know, bring him into retirement. And I'm glad he decided to come back for at least another year. I think it's good for uh, Thomas, Ian Thomas, and, and for the team as a whole. Do you believe it's that secure, Joe, still? 
Now he's selling that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I do. He said as much from what I understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but at the same time, it's just so much. You know, you gotta wonder if ESPN throws. I feel like ESPN is gonna blow up their whole thing. But I do agree. I think you're right. I think he's gonna come back. I do think that. But yeah, you, I think he just wants to go out in his own terms. He doesn't want his 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 last couple of years memories to be of a broken bone. Oh, and he okay. deserves it. He's earned the right to go out on his own terms. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, just absolutely. Julius Peppers did, just like Ryan Khalil did. It may not have ended with the you know walk off into the sunset Super Bowl, but you know Greg Olson gets to decide how he wants to go out. And I, I agree with you, Joe. I do think that he's going to come back to the Panthers. But whatever he decides to do, uh, I will love Greg Olson forever. I wish him the best no matter what he does. But, I, yeah, I, I think that he wants uh, he wants to make another run uh, with this team. So I, I do think that he'll be on the field. All right. So hit him up, media. Yeah. Joe, what do you got to tell him? Yeah, I'm icing up the media guys for trying to send people out to pasture before they're ready. Nice. So I up NBC, Fox, CBS. Keep your money, NBC, bitches. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest-running Panthers podcast in the history of Panthers podcasts. That's right. Every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. We haven't missed a week May have been delayed a day or two in between at times in six years now, folks. That's a big deal. And we only carve this time out because we have family, friends. Yeah, that's it. You're family and friends. And we talk about the Carolina Panthers in between. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me at cat underscore chronicles. Joe Riolano, that freaking Puerto Rican. You can follow him at, tell him, Joe. You can follow me at Joe Riolano. I am the freaking Puerto Rican, and I'm also the third half. Nice. My man, my best friend. He's my best friend. Joe Riolano is my best friend on the planet. Cody, last name. Cody Lashney in here bringing the heat every week. Thank you, brother. You are right in here. Tell them how they can find you on Twitter, and I know you are interested in that draft. At Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Listen, I am your own personal draft guru. You can ask me any question about any player at any time. If I don't know about the player... I will look him up. I will give you my honest assessment after I watch film. This is where I turn into Super Saiyan draft nerd at this time of year. Yeah. I'm into it. I love it. I love it. I'm so into it. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. Oh, and what, new. Oh, uh, tell us what's I'm, going down on Draft Tech. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, we're not doing comments because of free agency, because everything changes so much that uh, we want to be able to change up the draft on a moment's notice and put out a brand new one. But um, still check out drafttech.com. Every Wednesday, there's a brand new full seven-round mock draft 
Um, I am going to be writing comments for the second or for the first and the second round prospects from now leading up until the day of the draft. All my premium content will be there. I'm going to be writing some more um, scouting reports. That will be on drafttech.com. That's drafttech.com. Check it out, man. Look, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party when it comes to the draft. But until then, we have a party every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. My name's Tony Dunn. Follow me at cat underscore chronicles. And we're going to chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions based on your conversation. The number is 252-228-5098. That's the Cat Calls line. You can be a part of the show. And we want to hear from you. Until then, keep bounding. We'll see you next week. used to be a a GM of the Houston uh, Texans. I don't know why it stopped with YouTube. It kept going with everybody else. It did that. uh, With Facebook and Periscope. Oop, oop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.